Good morning, Midland Reformed Church, this Pentecost Sunday. Uh, we want to look together at the story of Pentecost as we find it in the book of Acts. And so we read about the ascension of Jesus, first of all, in uh, Acts chapter 1, beginning at verse 6. When the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, are you going to free Israel now and restore our kingdom? And this is what Jesus says, as the Father sets those dates, uh, and they're not for you to know. But when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power and will tell people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then in Acts chapter 2, we read about that moment when the Holy Spirit does come with power. Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, seven weeks after Jesus' resurrection, the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm in the skies above them. And it filled the house where they were meeting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Spirit gave them this ability. And godly Jews from many nations were living in Jerusalem at the time. And when they heard this sound, they came running to see what it was all about. And they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They said, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things that God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They kept asking each other. But others in the crowd were mocking. They're drunk. That's all, they said. Pentecost Sunday is the day that God changed the story of the church. The followers of Jesus prior to Pentecost were confused. Uh, they were fearful, perhaps. Certainly they were hidden. Certainly they were waiting. And on Pentecost, God transformed this church into uh, courageous witnesses to his kingdom, sent out on mission, empowered by God's very own personal presence. That's the story of Pentecost. At Pentecost, God changed the story of the church. So think for just a moment about the power of story. The stories that we tell ourselves are how we make sense of our world. Our stories are how we make meaning. It's how we interpret the experiences that we're having. One writer put it this way, human beings are meaning-making machines. In other words, we're always actively making meaning about the things that we encounter the things that we see. We're always telling stories about our experiences. Uh, when I say we're telling stories or, or making stories, that isn't to say that we that we always are going around saying, now once upon a time, uh, I had this experience. Uh, but rather, uh, this is something that happens just in the blink of an eye. Uh, and we create a story and we tell ourselves, this happened because, or that means that I. We tell ourselves stories to interpret our experiences. And here's why that's so important. We don't just simply react to events and situations. We react to the stories we tell ourselves about those events and situations. Now, I know that sounds uh, really philosophical or maybe theoretical, but it is one of the most 
practical things that you will ever grasp. Uh, it's even here in our text this morning. Uh, first of all, it's right there in Acts chapter 1. Uh, the disciples' question it says, Now is the time that you're going to re uh, restore the kingdom of Israel? After all the teachings and after all the miracles and after the crucifixion and even after the resurrection, uh, after Jesus and all of this ministry, they come to him and they're still making a meaning. They're t still telling a story about what a uh, kingdom is and what Messiah is. And even after all of those things, they say, now is, now is the time that you're going to restore the kingdom. Now are you going to make us powerful? That's the meaning that they had made. And the story that they had told was all about a political kingdom. Uh, a little bit later on in, in Acts chapter 2, uh, the crowds saw an event. Uh, they heard the wind. Uh, they, they observed the speaking in other languages. And they made a meaning about that. Uh, some people uh, said, um, this is amazing. This is bewildering. Uh, we don't understand this. And other people made the meaning they're drunk. They're out of their minds. They're crazy. And they react not to the event itself, but they react to the meaning that they make about the event laughing and mocking. And we know that's true because others in the crowd are making a different meaning. Uh, uh, they listen to the uh, the teaching of the apostles and, and then they listen to the teaching of, of Peter and they and they and they observe uh, the, the miraculous tongues and they say that's confirmation of the message that we're hearing. And their reaction, the meaning that they make isn't isn't laughter, but it's faith. Here's what I want us to see. We can't control the events that happen. We cannot control the experiences that come into our life. But what we can control is the meaning that we make in the story that we tell. And if we change our story, we can change our experience. We can change our actions and we can change our reactions. So let me just very quickly look at just a couple of more examples. Um, so the disciples prior to the resurrection had experienced the crucifixion of Jesus. And they uh, saw the crucifixion and they made some meaning about that story. And the meaning that they made was that now everything is lost. We've been defeated. Uh, our Messiah has failed and we're in danger. We have to protect ourselves. But then God comes and changes that story. The resurrection of Jesus gives us a new story to live by. And the meaning and the experience of the crucifixion now isn't one of fear and defeat, but it's an experience of absolute victory. And then when Jesus ascends into the clouds and leaves them, uh, as he goes back into heaven, again, there's a sense of, of loss and of fear and of uncertainty, but God changes the story again. And, and, and we're told that the ascension of Jesus is the very thing that makes the gift of the Holy Spirit possible. And so the ascension of Jesus isn't about loss. It isn't about taking God away, but it's, a, it's about gain. It's about making God very present to each and every person. The church is born when this new story is told. And so we live uh, uh, our stories. We live our meanings. In other words, the, the, the meanings that we make will determine how we act and how we respond to the events that come our way. And that's always been that way. Uh, the Hebrew people uh, left behind when Moses went up the mountain. Uh, 
got impatient and they started to worry that Moses wasn't coming back in a timely way. And they made some meaning about that experience, right? They couldn't control the event, but they started to make their own meaning. And the meaning that they made was we've been abandoned. He's run off. God has disappeared. And so we need a newer God, a better God, a God that won't leave us. And, and they get into action around that meaning and they make the golden calf. Uh, Noah's neighbors made the meaning that Noah was out of his mind to make uh, that big old boat. And they reacted out of that meaning. And their action led them to be standing on the outside of the door as the ark was closed. Uh, think about the disciples in the boat with Jesus. Uh, they made the meaning that when Jesus went to sleep in the bow of the boat in the storm, uh, uh, it meant that he didn't care about them that he was indifferent to them. And the action that that provoked in them was that they yelled at Jesus. They were angry with him. We're meaning-making machines. We do this all the time. Uh, one couple uh, that I visited with this past week was rescued from their house in a boat. And uh, as I went up to their house to visit, I stood at their front door and uh, um, uh, Ralph came to the door and said, right there, that's where it happened. That's where we stepped out of our door and into the bow of the boat that came to get us. And then a little bit later, he said this, you know, I'm going to be 90 years old this summer. And I thought that all of my adventures were behind me. Do you hear the story there? The meaning that he's making about that event, not denying the reality or the seriousness of the event at all, but he's saying, look, I've had a lot of adventures in my life. There have been lots of challenges. There have been lots of setbacks, and I'm still here, and God is still faithful. It's almost as if I'm made for hard things. I'm made for adventures. That's an empowering and courageous meaning. And the meaning, the story that he tells changes the way that he experiences the event. Another example, I had a conversation uh, this past week with somebody who said um, that this, this whole ordeal is just a reminder to me, again, of what matters most. Yes, very sad losses, very real grief, uh, very difficult experiences. But the meaning uh, uh, is this empowering sense of recalibrating in remembering what is most valuable. And that ultimately changes the experience of the event and the way that I act and react. As followers of Jesus, empowered now by the Holy Spirit given to you on Pentecost, church, you have a new story to live. You have some new meanings that you can make. Because the story that you live and the meaning that you make will determine how you act. Think for just a minute about how much of discipleship really is about learning to live into that new story and to make that new meaning. Paul is constantly helping his congregations learn, uh, learn how to live into a new story. Uh, he has to come to this and say, the people of God are not just Jews, but now they're Gentiles. It's a bigger story than what you thought. Uh, he has to come to them and say, uh, those old uh, 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 class structures of slavery and race and gender, all of that is being dismantled. And there's a new story being told, a Pentecost story being told of one single equal human family gathered together by God, the creator. In our setting, we have to learn the Pentecost story that says, not America first, but Jesus first. And we have to learn the, the Pentecost story that says not white privilege, but kingdom values. 
Learning to live the new story means being willing to dismantle the old stories. If I study the Bible and read the Bible uh, in a way that my Bible study only ever results in reassuring me of the things that I already believe and cherish, then I have to question whether or not I'm living into a new story or if I'm just rehearsing the old story over and over again. Uh, That's the experience of the crowds on Pentecost, right? Some of them are saying, what we're seeing is wrong. What we're seeing is impossible. Uh, What we're seeing is not for me. It's dangerous. And their old stories are being challenged. Some of them are asking, what does this mean? Uh, what, What could this be about? And that, and that, that question opens them up to the possibility of being changed and moving into faith. And others say, this, this isn't possible. This is wrong. This isn't the story that I was told. This isn't what I, what I'm supposed to believe. And they mock and they resist and they miss a growing faith. Church, what story are you telling yourself this morning? As God's spirit-filled, kingdom-living, missionary people, what story are you telling? Are you, are, you, are you learning to live the new story? The new meaning that includes living as the sent out ones. Go to the stranger. Go to the neighbor. Go to the friend. And, and, and as I'm sent out, I go with this, this urgency, uh, this, this high uh, this high goal that is always in front of me, and my desire is for for Jesus to be seen in you, in me, and in and through me. That's that's the Pentecost story that I'm living as a witness to the presence of Jesus. That I'm living as a witness to the words and to the life and to the hope of Jesus. Does your heart break and grieve today? over those who don't know the love of Jesus in their lives as much as, or maybe even more, than it breaks and grieves over the losses that we've seen and experienced in Midland this past week? Does the story that you tell and the story that you live make your heart weep for the things that God weeps for? How does the story that you're telling yourself this Pentecost Sunday get you into action in ways that that, that prompt you to to not hold back and to not be fearful, but to say, I can I can I can walk up to somebody and offer to pray with them, and I can listen to them, and I can connect to their story. I can invite them to worship. I can invite them into community. I can surround them with the hands and the feet of Jesus. I don't have to wait for a program. I don't have to wait for special permission. I've already been empowered by the Holy Spirit to be the presence of Jesus in my neighborhood, and I'll do it. Church, in these days, the urgent need of our community is for you to live the Pentecost story of being sent out ones. The church doesn't live into its story of Pentecost by rising up to angrily demand our rights. Uh, To demand the right to keep guns or to go to our cottage or to get our hair cut. Uh, That's never the story that we're invited to live. That's never the meaning that we're invited to make. We live into a story where we do rise up and we do make demands, but we demand that that uh, systemic racism is named and challenged every step of the way. 
our mission is to be the people uh, who, who are all about God's uh, kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. Pentecost gives us a glimpse of what Revelation will eventually make explicit, that the kingdom of God is comprised of people from every tribe, tongue, and, 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 and nation. One kingdom of God. That's what we're about, church. This Pentecost, we have a story to live, a story about a mission that we've been given, that we've been empowered to engage, a story of being sent out, a story of being the presence of Jesus and a story about birthing and representing the kingdom of God in all that we do and say. Amen.